Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Edge Backstage Pass, the weekly podcast from the London Comedy Store's Tuesday night show, The Edge. This week, our intrepid team arrive from the four corners of the globe to give their take on world events and even drop a few bits of news of their own. We start, as always, with intros, but I should tell you that this week we've recorded the intros at the end of our chat, so there is an in-joke that will make a little more sense by the end of this section. Hello, this is Alistair Barry coming to you from a rainy Hertfordshire during lockdown, having a ball. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ria Lena. I am in my bedroom in the middle of London. That's it. There's nothing else here. Hi, I'm Emmanuel Sanubi, and I am less than 30 kilometres away from Hertfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Leo Kers. I am about seven and a half thousand kilometres away from Hertfordshire. I'm in Australia and it's about 3 a.m. in January 2024 here. Um, that's how time works, I think. I thought going to sit and go, Hi, I'm Leo Curse and I am okay. <laughs> Do non coronavirus stories make you happy or sad? Well, it depends if it's Boris, I suppose. It depends it? on the story. I mean, he went to great lengths yeah. to get out of Prime Minister's questions time. Which was Dom- supposed to be today, but oh no, my girlfriend had a baby. I bet Dominic Raab was uh, was more pissed off than anyone else because you see Raab last week with Keir Starmer, Keir Starmer, whatever you think of the new Labour leader, is a QC. He's a barrister who knows shit, and he made Dominic yeah. Raab look a kind of teenager trying not to admit he'd not done his homework. <laughs> okay, well, thank fuck for that. At least but, Boris done next week, and then Boris goes terribly sorry, having a baby, and Dominic Rab must have just gone, oh, for fuck's sake. But Rob <laughs> is a lawyer as well. It's it's the battle he of the lawyers. He's he a lawyer. He defended Blair at the Hague. Um, I think again, which which war crime? I can't remember which of Blair's war crimes, I'm but he did defend him. A good guy, then. Dominic Rob defended Tony Blair at the Hague. Yeah. Apparently. Well, he, well, maybe he was just the solicitor and someone else did the talk. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> he probably just charged £500 an hour to write down what exactly had happened. Oh, yeah. A million people marched against you. Yeah, I did it anyway. I'll pass this on to a barrister. Thanks very much. Either that or someone's updated Wikipedia having a bit of a laugh. Jesus. So I'm going to, I know this isn't really the done thing on a, on a podcast, but I'm actually having to Google Dominic Raab barrister now just to see if I agree. It's important to get the facts straight, Al. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. He did defend Blair, but he worked at The Hague, dedicated to bringing war criminals to justice. And then I just automatically associated Blair with that, of course. He Uh, defended Tony Blair against a subpoena from former Yugoslav president Milosevic. So he could have done that all on paper. What a nice couple of guys you've got there. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, in that story, he's a, a game of, right? I was going to say, playing a game of who's your biggest war criminal. That's quite funny. But that was, uh, that was one of the sort of overseas exploits that was actually a good one. Yeah. That was before the Labour Party started doing bad ones. You know, ethical foreign policy, that was it, wasn't it? Is that a, is that a thing? Ethical foreign policy? Yeah, well, Robin, uh, Robin Cook tried very hard to have it and it became very clear that you couldn't. Uh, yeah, born, yeah. This is what's really depressing. Sorry, I've gone to the Wikipedia page. Born in Buckinghamshire in 1974. I am three years older than Dominic Raab. So uh, I think, frankly, 
Well, right. this will get even sadder. He was born around the corner from me and went to the school around the corner from me in Buckinghamshire. We probably crossed paths on the school bus. Wow. Does it say that on Wikipedia, Rena? <laughs> yeah, just below it says. <laughs> we weren't born together, uh, but we lived. He, well, we he, grew attended, up near each other. he attended Dr. Challoner's Grammar School, mm -hmm. Amersham. Was that you? No, I actually went to Beaconsfield High School, but I but I lived around the corner. I lived next door to Amersham, and I and I rejected Challoner's girls because. All the cool girls went there, and I was like, "I'm going to go to the one with the worst school uniform in the country, as voted by your school many, uniform many people. Was voted the worst in the country. Yes, that could be. Do you really still have good. it? Yeah. <laughs> Is it hanging on that reel behind you? I think. I think asking on a Zoom chat for Ria for the green screen to put on her school uniform is not perhaps the direction this podcast should take, Leah. Well, I for one would like to see Emmanuel wearing Ria Lena's school uniform, if possible. Again. Oh, I, I would... <laughs> I've been sitting there trying to place her accent, and now I'm like, oh, Buckinghamshire, I get it now. <laughs> You're coming out of lockdown a bit in Australia, aren't they? Yeah, so on Monday, because I'm in Western Australia, where they've had like zero, they've had, I think, something like 55 cases or 500 you, cases, very few cases. Are you in Perth? Uh, they're all from cruise ships and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm still in Perth. Perth and, is the um, most isolated city on the planet. Yeah, I mean, there's literally just me. It's just me. <laughs> Leo, how long have you been stranded? So I was out here in January, then I did Adelaide, and then I came back through um, to see uh, to see a girl I met in January when I was through for the festival. And I was supposed to come for six days. And then she said, why don't you book another flight back and just stay for a few days? So I booked another flight back and like two days later, that flight got cancelled. And now every flight has been cancelled ever since. She's planned so... this. You are never leaving her. <laughs> So, yeah. Have well, you seen misery? Emmanuel, you, <laughs> Emmanuel, you're taking a very positive spin on this. Yeah. You're like, I've, I've, I've known Leo probably longer than you. I imagine she kicked him out on about day seven. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you staying? She has tried to drown me twice. So. Are you still staying with her? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm still I'm still with her at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm, wondering, the most... I'm wondering. It's getting to the point where I'm I'm going to have to sort of like uh, move out and uh, like we're we're sort of like or, an old married couple. Or get married. Point. Yeah, I was going to say. So yeah, we're either going to have to get married or I'm going to have to move out. But there's there's um, I think on the visa um, I've applied for this COVID nineteen visa for people who are stuck here. And uh, so anybody that's stuck here basically has to do all the jobs. Uh, that no Australians want to do. So we've got to go and do agricultural job and work in care homes. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't really see. Well, to be honest, if you, want to do, home, if you want to do like... the job no Australian wants to do, I think you need to sit on their board for racial equality because they're very bad on that. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see Leo Kirsten, yeah. left-leaning, equals opportunity, anti-racism campaign. I think that's... Honestly, over here, Alistair, I'm actually very liberal. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do? Are you going to pick fruit or are you going to wipe old people's asses? I'm going to combine the two. <laughs> I'm going to pull dangleberries out of their asses. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you definitely getting a job? Or are you at, uh, no, no I'd, I'd prefer not to get a job. But if it's the condition of the but visa, mate, we're, we're comedians. Uh, then I might we just... all prefer not to get a job. Yeah, yeah, that's why I became a comedian. Yeah. And they've they've lifted uh, they've lifted regulations here, so um, you can have groups of like ten people, 
Um, so hopefully, in a, maybe, I don't know, a few weeks, that's going to be lifted to 100 people, and then maybe the comedy club will reopen. We've got a nice comedy club here, the, the comedy lounge. So you did, you did Perth Festival, and then did Adelaide get called off halfway through, or did you finish Adelaide? No, we were so lucky. Like the final weekend of Adelaide, it was uh, it was getting pretty serious, but there still wasn't, you know, everybody was, you know, sort of in a bit of a flap about it, but still everywhere was was pretty busy. So we had a slight tailing off uh, on the on the last weekend, and like when we did Hating Live, like Darius came out with you know a, a face mask on and said it's the end of the world and all this sort of stuff. But we still had people in. The following weekend, we wouldn't have had, uh, you know, the place would have been empty. So we're so lucky with that. And what does the girl do that you're living with? Is she is she keeping uh, you in the manner that you should be accustomed? Yes, yes. She took me to Aldi today and said I could have anything I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have that. I wish wish that was a joke. (laughs) Oh yeah, can have the leaf blower and the massage chair. (laughs) She uh, she's a domestic violence advocate, which doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Um, she's actually against it. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good job, does it? No. Yeah. Isn't she run off her feet at the moment, so to speak? Not not because you're staying. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's busy. It's busy yeah. right now. To, but yeah, there's, there's definitely an uptick in, in cases. Because everybody's like forced to stay at home and everybody's drinking, you know, cracks that might have previously not appeared are, are appearing. So, so yeah. Mate, if I could get hold of some crack... Here, I would be <laughs> well, you can't get any in Australia. They've just got meth. They've just oh, got yeah. meth here, which is like a, an appalling drug. It's your teeth, doesn't it? All it's yeah, in- yeah. Apparently, oh, all oh. Accum- yeah. You, you saw that in Tiger King as well. They explained that process. It accumulates in your teeth. I didn't see it on Tiger King, but there's a bit in Breaking. That's back. where I get all my medical information from. <laughs> what, what is, someone, I, this is one thing that I've kind of been. I've kind of come out of the loop. I'm, I'm watching Game of Thrones because I it started. I recorded it. I'd never seen it. I'd read the books and they're basically teenage male wank fantasies. So I stopped after yeah. like three books. And then I thought... <laughs> you, like, you like a more adult wank fantasy. For, for, for the tape, Emmanuel is nodding furiously. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that's been my that's lockdown not- viewing. Is going, right, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones because, you know, I'm not going to have a chance to watch it any other time. Tiger King. What is Tiger King? Because I've missed this completely. What, I it, haven't is- watched it, but it's about a guy who runs a big cat zoo isn't it not zoo like he breeds tigers to then give to rich people as pets until yeah uh, and until and and then but the the world of exotic pet ownership is is full of intrigue and mystery and and there's murder and somebody disappeared and maybe they fed him to the tigers or although why he didn't feed that woman's husband to the tigers i don't know apparently the husband got pushed out of a plane and i went you've got tigers like (laughs) (laughs) you know you want tigers are the worst of stuff like that you want pigs. Pigs you've do w- like a you've good watched old... too many Guy Ritchie movies, mate. That's... Hannibal yeah. Lecter, they all got eaten by pigs. <laughs> uh, can we talk about America and the Trump lunacy? Tiger King wasn't enough? Well, well yeah. okay, here's Trump lunacy. Tiger King gets into the news because everyone's watching it on Netflix to the point that... So the guy in, in Tiger King is currently in jail right now for pushing people out of planes and feeding them to tigers. But it's gotten, it got uh, so prominent in the media that Trump actually tweeted that he was going to look into this guy's sentence. Oh, really? <laughs> there's there's your crossover. of Okay. Uh, with, with Trump, there's a lot of people saying that he's, he's jumped the shark with the bleach press conference was the one that was just like... No, that's just too unbelievable. But the thing about Trump is every time he goes low, you think he can't go any lower, and he manages it. And if you know he- what? The <laughs> thing about Trump I find, right, is he's such a 
publicized imbecile that you can make up anything you want about him and it will sound believable. Well, anything but unreasonable. I, I, so I genuinely will believe anything I hear about Trump because all of it sounds believable. It's all if plausible, you... isn't it? Yeah. Now, this is, this is, I've got some sympathy for him. He's the president. He's got to be an expert on absolutely everything that's going on in the world. So he can't keep tabs on stuff like whether drinking bleach is good for you or if it kills coronavirus. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I reckon what is actually going on is his, because he knows it seems like he knows nothing and everything seems like Chinese whispers where one of his experts advisors have told him something and then he's just gone out and said it. And I reckon they're playing a game where they're playing. Let's see what we can make in. him say. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the Chinese virus, it could be Chinese whispers. That's, yeah. that's the spirit. So they've just said to him, just tell people to drink bleach. Look, we find thinking he's not going to say that. Don't, don't yeah. be an idiot, Brad. He's yeah. not going to say that. Then he walks out and tells everyone, yeah, we should, we should drink bleach. <laughs> I'm amazed he hasn't had more to say about Kim Jong-un possibly being dead. I expected yeah. him to jump all over that. Any The news I read was that the doctor who operated on him was so scared that he was shaking too much to fit the stent into the heart valve. <laughs> Did you hear this from Donald Trump? No, it was the son. <laughs> the son, much more. Uh, He's the only one they're not telling. Everybody in the world's going, what's happened to Kim Jong-un? Although someone in South Korea went, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> People who think that's uh, racist need to check the photo on the front of the podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> Mention some of Rhea's show titles. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's how people talk in Buckinghamshire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blue and Amish chemise. Does anyone have anything to say about the upsides of the lockdown? Uh, I'm not good. dying anymore, if that helps. Did you have it? Did you have it? No, no, no. <laughs> I, had, oh, <laughs> I had a heart attack um, back in... Um, what? I had a bit of a heart attack back in October. Yeah, hang on, mate. A bit what? of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. You just throw a bit of into it. Well, heart failure. I was on stage in Dubai when it happened. And, um, what? Yeah, I, I just thought I was being really funny because I couldn't breathe. And then I realised that I'm actually quite average and I was dying, like literally. So came back and I was in intensive care. dying on stage and dying on stage? No, 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 just dying. Because, just... So the gig was going quite well, but you were... Oh, the gig was going dead. really well, yeah, but I, I, I wasn't. Right. Wow. So then came, came, back from, came back from Dubai from that one and but, I was... Sorry, you had a heart attack, then you came back before you did anything about it? Yeah, because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, <laughs> you're stuck in another country without a flight, Leo. <laughs> I had, I had, because I'd, I'd been drinking that night as well. So I, I, I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have drunk that last pint. So I'd stop drinking, <laughs> and then uh, tried to go to sleep. Couldn't sleep. Woke up. Got to the airport, mm. and then thought, I don't feel right. Sat on oxygen for the whole flight back. Got off the flight. Uh, went to get on the tube. Thought, oh, can't really stand right now. So I should probably sit down. Uh, then got a uh, got driven to the hospital, told them my um, symptoms, and they put uh, straight into um, intensive care. Which and I was there for two weeks, and then what? I came out, and a week later I had a stroke. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, okay. So I, I've been isolating since last year. So now where I've now had to stop and completely rest, um, I'm actually getting better. So. Ah, not dying anymore. That was fun. 
Nice. To be honest, this, I don't think any of this. I don't think me moving my pond is going to stop. If you want you to tell us that story now, it's <laughs> <laughs> certainly not going to get the the. the... Oh, <laughs> well, wait till I throw in the raised beds and the ton of topsoil I've got coming this afternoon. I think you'll have a bit of a contest on your hands, Ruby. <laughs> it's fine. I could always edit it so that Emmanuel's story goes last. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I'm glad to hear you're better. That's horrendous. Wow. Yeah. All right. yeah, much better now. Like yeah. ironically now I'm in the best shape I've ever been with. Like I went into I, I was when I was in hospital I lost like uh twenty kilos in like fifteen days or something ridiculous. To be like honest, that. mate, knowing wow. you, if you stop lifting weights for longer than about half an hour, that would be like a couple of kilos down immediately, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's very upsetting. I'm not allowed I'm not allowed to weightlift anymore now. So At all? No. Too much strain in the heart, so I'm <gasps> I'm full on cardio now, so I'm like, let's go for a 30k, 30k cycle and crap like that. Wow. See, that's going to be really annoying. After lockdown, we're all going to turn up and you're going to have gone from this tiny-legged, massive, upper-bodied man to just this incredibly live fucking... Whoa! Really annoying. <laughs> I've never had tiny fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because, thanks to the internet, I'm not in the same room as you when I say it. <laughs> yeah, Alistair now praying for lockdown extension. Lockdown could be yeah. <laughs> I'd be more worried than that. He says he goes on 30-kilometer bike rides. He'll be oh, at your house in 10 minutes. I will find you. come here via Amersham, Rhea, to be honest. <laughs> I'm down the road from Yannis. I'm in Enfield. I'm not too far oh, from you at all. I'm going to get going. I'm going to get going. <laughs> Lockdown is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Emmanuel might live. Uh, Alistair's got a new pond. <laughs> I, I can't be any of that. I got my husband to finally, you know, we're redoing the hallway. That. That's really? Well, uh, Emmanuel had his health problems. I've got to say, I had mild eczema. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's so... On the plus side, you have found yourself a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not laughing very much. Maybe she can hear. I don't know. <laughs> so there you have it. Lockdown turns out to be life-changing in all sorts of ways. As always, we'd like to take this opportunity to bring you a snippet of live comedy from a Tuesday night. In this clip, Leo Kirst has another bomb to drop when he's joined on stage by Ian Stone, Tanya Edwards and Fumbi Omateo. And now we're going to move on to our next game, which is called Burning Issues, and that is hosted by the one, the only Miss Tanya Edwards. Round of applause. So basically, this is like question time. You get to ask our panel questions about what you consider the burning issues of the day to be. We've done alcoholism and veganism, so we'll go over here to the, to the bright corner. <laughs> and I'll give you an example over here of something you can start off on. Like, Ian, what do you think of, what do you think of Iran at the moment, for example? Ask, ask the Jew first, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ian. For a second now, I looked at you as a regular guy. <laughs> I don't. I, I, oh man, Soleimani was a bit of a prick, though, wasn't he? To be fair, I mean, I didn't think he, they, they should have killed him, but we're, we're talking about the execution of, oh, sorry, the assassination, sorry, the extrajudicial killing. What is it exactly? <laughs> the preemptive strike. The preemptive strike. The preemptive strike on the Iranian. Qasem Soleimani, and they also killed a guy called uh, Hazan Al Hasbandis, otherwise known as collateral damage. Uh, I thought my name was difficult to pronounce. No. Well, I don't have to pronounce his anymore, but uh, <laughs> just at a funeral. The funeral actually had more deaths than anyone 
Fuck me, the Americans just kill one and the rest of them just get killed at the fucking funeral. Like, like Domino's. I'm not saying it's funny, I'm just saying that's what happened. There's not so many fatalities at Jewish funerals, that's the point I'm making. I've never been to a Jewish funeral. Have you not? There's okay. at least one. Well, yeah, there's often one. There's, there's often one. And obviously... At least one. At least, at least one. one. Obviously, the <coughs> Labour Party hope for more, but... Um, <laughs> Too much, too soon. Okay, I don't fucking know. I mean. Okay, let's go to you. What's your name, my love? Uh, Matt. Matt, what would you like to ask the panel? Uh, climate change. Climate change. Yeah. The world's on fire. Leo, how yeah, do you feel I'm about it? Too. I'm from Scotland. I'm not too worried about climate change. I got, I got talking to this like uh, fundraiser for Greenpeace or whatever scam they got going, and asked them what the next environmental issues are going to be. He said like climate change is going to be like uh, it's going to have three big impacts. Apparently, temperatures are going to rise by 1.2 degrees over the next hundred years, which is going to be devastating for the UK. Some of us might be able to take our jackets off in comedy clubs. <laughs> Also, like, uh, we're going to get more extreme weather. Like, what are we going to get? Extreme drizzle. <laughs> Apparently, the worst, thing, the worst thing is sea levels are going to rise by six feet over the next hundred years, which is going to be devastating for people who can't walk uphill. <laughs> like, really slowly. Like, who's, who's so lazy they can't walk six feet up a beach in a hundred years? It's going to be devastating for obese people, is what I'm trying to say. And they're already designed to live in the sea, so fuck them. We'll give them a snorkel. They can live in the sea. They'll eat a seafood diet. It's very slimming, all that plastic. You don't seem very compassionate about the whole thing. Well, if Leo's not worried about climate change, I'm definitely not worried about climate change. Hey, no, fuck it. Let's be fair. If the sea levels rise six feet, it'll still be fucking above them, wouldn't it? Let's be fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, they were all demonstrating, weren't they, on the bridges in the summer. I mean, if anything is going to stop uh, global warming, it's Pilates and interpretive dance, isn't it? Uh, I appreciate the efforts they go through to protest, man, because it made me think I should at least read about this shit, right? Someone glues themselves to a fence, you're like, I should at least pay attention. So I did my Googles and stuff, so. Yeah. There's seriously one the guy stood on the top of the train he, 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 in Canning Town. Yeah. Of all the fucking places, I thought, mate, you've picked the wrong station here. Plus, it was an electric train, for fuck's sake. It was the most environmentally friendly train. No, mate, you're getting it wrong on a number of counts. Get down, people are trying to get to work, you fucking idiot. Does anyone else have a burning issue? Someone over here. Hello. What's your name, Hello. my love? It's Robin. Hello, Robin. Nice to meet you. Hi. Clutching your wife, girlfriend here. Think she's going to run away. You and blink at me. Blink at me if you're in trouble. <laughs> she's all right. What's your burning issue? Um, Rod Stewart's at the door. Should we let him in? <laughs> Rod Stewart's at the door. There was a story. That's actually very smart. Yeah, Ian, you explained. There was a story, wasn't there, at some country club where he beat up a guard, like a security guard. They wouldn't let him in. I mean, this Rod Stewart is pushing 80, right? <laughs> How shit is this security guard? <laughs> they got beaten up by a pensioner. Is what I'm concerned. Why wouldn't they let Rod in? Which no. one's Rod Stewart? Which one's Rod Stewart? Which the old one's guy. Rod Stewart? I'm actually offended now. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that likes Celtic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I know he is. That's the one. I can't say I know his music, but I know. I definitely he does know he like Celtic. Celtic. He, yeah. likes, uh, yeah. he likes Scottish yeah. football. Yeah. What were some of these hits? Do you think I'm sexy? Ah! No, 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 he's just asking. Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Maggie May, that was one, wasn't it? Do you know Maggie May? I actually we find Rod Stewart quite irritating. Do you? I do. Okay. Oh, wow. Whoa. Oh, I've just knocked myself out of all the rounds in my part two. 
Do you just not know who he is? Or are you actually just a bunch of retro ones? You don't know who he is. Uh, look, the younger generation don't have a fucking clue what you're talking That's about. Right. If Cardi B beat someone up, you'd know the fuck that was, not it? I know who Cardi B is. You know Cardi B. I know I, that I, shit. If I hear Cardi, I think of Cardigan, I've got to be honest. Well, it's actually, her name's Bacardi. Her, I thought her name was Cardigan. I thought that <laughs> no, was no, no, no. Oh, okay. Bacardi. Her name's Bacardi. All right. Her name is actually Bacardi. Yeah, her sister's name's Hennessy. Jesus. Yeah, that's stripper life, man. It is what it is. Her name <laughs> is her name really Bacardi. Yeah. It's, right. ba- it's basically the um, the fast drinking version of Chardonnay, which is one of ours, isn't it? Not one of mine personally. I didn't <laughs> I didn't have a girl remember, but um, Chardonnay is very popular as a name. I don't really think this is the most vital topical conversation <laughs> we could be having. What about you? What do you think is a burning issue? Antibiotics. Huh? Yes, I've well, used those for burning issues I in the mean, past. Yes, yeah. definitely. In fact, he's got some particular trouble Shit. at the moment. Antimicrobial resistance is the only thing I know about. There is oh, a big resistance. What do you feel about antibacterial resistance? Well, I'm. Are they I, protesting are you, too? One, one second. Are you, are you a doctor or you're just. You right. do science? She's just got chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I wasn't worried about antibiotic uh, resistance, but now I am, I've got to be honest with you. There's, uh, a, there's a scientist here who thinks we should be worried. Do you think on the bright side it might wipe us out before we've managed to kill off the planet in its entirety? Oh, so it's all right, guys. We're going to be dead before fires take over everywhere. What do you think about biologic... What, sorry, what did you call it exactly? Antibiotic again? resistance. Antibiotic resistance. How do you feel about that, Leo? Uh, uh, it's going to be terrible for my sex life. Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really going well at the moment, is it? <laughs> hey, somebody thinks I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I didn't hear him answer you, to be honest with you. <laughs> American with dimples. You look so positive. Big news, big news. Uh, transgenders. Transgenders? What do you think of transgenderism, guys? I, I actually dated a transgender woman, like, but honestly, it you totally see, makes some sense. people will research everything for the pertinent <laughs> question. That totally makes sense. At my age, all the women look like Eddie Izzard anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, now I can't get that out of my head. I've got the choice of dating. Like, the women at my age on Tinder, they're all angry. I don't know what they're so angry about. They're all like, I've got three kids and they're always going to come first. So they're, they're your kids, Sandra. They're supposed to come first. You know what I mean? I wasn't thinking of the second date and be like, so, should we put the kids up for adoption? <laughs> I've got the choice of dating, you know, angry 45-year-old women with, with three kids or I can date a 25-year-old with fake tits and daddy issues who loves anal. It's a total no-brainer. <laughs> got to go along with that, really. Well, were you expecting that much explicit detail or just a more general thing about about um, transgenderism in sports or something? Or did you just want to know whether or not that exceeded your expectations? Yeah, I imagine yeah. it did. All right. Well, good, I think we can call that a wrap. All right. Please Thank give your panel a round of applause. So that's all from episode 13 of The Edge Backstage Pass. If you're enjoying us, please rate and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts from. You have been listening to Leo Curse, Rialina, Alistair Barry and Emmanuel Sonobi. Live on stage, we also had Ian Stone, Tanya Edwards and Funbi Omateo. This podcast is recorded, edited and produced by me, Simon Mason. And special thanks, as always, to The Edge producer, Mr John Connor. We'll see you next time.